welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor Dana takes a look at the incorrect statement that God wants you to always be happy. Let's listen. Well, today we are continuing on in our sermon series, and we are going to be taking a look at a common misbelief about Christians. This misbelief states that since we are Christians, then we have to be happy all the time. And unfortunately, I believe that our churches perpetuate this message at times and from a very young age. For instance, there's an old Sunday school song that is called Happy All the Time. And this old Sunday song, Sunday school song, the lyrics state, I'm in right, outright, upright, downright, happy all the time. And the kids, they repeat this verse a couple of times, and then there's a verse about Jesus cleansing their sins, and then they go back to declaring their happiness again. And this song has been a hit for quite some time, and mostly because there's some really fun hand gestures, there's some fun body motions that go along with these lyrics, and they get increasingly faster as this song progresses. And so it becomes somewhat of a game, somewhat of a competition to keep up with the song, to keep up with your neighbor, And kids love that stuff. I love that stuff. But I remember hearing a story one time about a Sunday school teacher. And she's teaching this song to her kids. And the second time through, the kids are rehearsing it. And right in the middle of it, there's this kid that blurts out. And she says, but I'm not happy all the time. And isn't that the truth? We aren't happy all the time just because we are Christians. We aren't in right, outright, downright happy all the time. And guess what? That is okay because we don't have to be happy all the time. We can be mad. We can be sad. We can be ap- We can be whatever we want to be. A mixed bag of emotions if that's how we're feeling at the time. The point is that just because we are Christians, that doesn't mean that we have to act like we're happy. Or better yet, we don't have to act like we are happy so that God will reward us. And that's another common misbelief that people have about Christians. Some people believe that Scripture tells us that as Christians, we should be happy all the time. And if we are, then life's circumstances will improve. Now folks, that is just bad theology. I can promise you that if you are smiling and acting your happiest on the worst day of your life, God is not going to look down at you and at your situation and reward you for that cheerful behavior. He's not going to look down and see you smiling and then suddenly make your situation better. That is not how it works. Now, good theology, and what I can promise you, is that when you are sad and when you are broken and when it is the worst day of your life, God is going to look down at you, and God is going to sit with you. And God is going to sit with you in your brokenness and in your lament, and God will give you the strength for the days and weeks and months ahead. I want to share a story of Scripture with you that helps to highlight that a little bit more. Turning to Paul's letter to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In this passage from Philippians, Paul tells us to rejoice always, to give thanks in every situation, to offer our prayers of thanksgiving. He goes on to say, do not worry about anything, but instead offer your prayers in the peace of God. The peace of God that surpasses our understanding will be with us. As Paul wrote this letter, he was sitting in prison. He was a man that was confined to a cold jail cell and under the threat of capital punishment by the Roman government. So Paul's situation was pretty bleak. His future was bleak at that particular time. And as Paul found himself in that dire situation, he looked around and he decided to rejoice. He looked around and he decided to offer thanksgiving. When Paul wrote these things, when he wrote rejoice and give thanks in all circumstances, he was not writing that in such a way that was dismissive of his internal struggles. He was not writing that in such a way that denied the pain of his current situation. Rather, he was writing it in such a way that reminded himself that no matter how difficult things get in life, there is always something to be grateful for. There is always a sense of peace to be found a sense of peace to be found in knowing that God is present with us during our darkest and hardest moments in life. Now, Paul could have done the complete opposite. He could have chosen to look at his situation and look at his future and be bitter and angry and focusing on the negative. Being in prison, he had every reason to be depressed, but instead he wrote... I will rejoice in the Lord always. Being in prison, he had every reason to complain and plead with God about his situation. But instead, he wrote, offer your prayers of thanksgiving to God. Paul had every reason to give up. But instead, he wrote, I will press on because I know that God and the peace of God are with me. In life... We are not always free to choose what will happen to us, but we are free to choose how we will respond to what happens to us. And with that in mind, I want us to take a look at a skit. It's a skit about someone who found themselves in a similar situation as Paul and had a similar choice to make. happy to see you. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, how you doing? Well, just look at me. I hate this place, I hate my clothes, and I hate my whole miserable existence. But other than that? Well, other than that, I guess I'm just fine. Well, good. Good. Oh, I imagine you've made a lot of friends. Oh, yeah, I've got a whole group of friends. We all wear the same letterman's jacket, we knit Afghans together, and on Saturday nights we get together and watch scary movies 
and have sleepovers. <laughs> Give me a break. So uh, do you get to watch a lot of TV? No, I don't watch a lot of TV. What do I look like? A cable subscriber? What are you looking at? That's standard sit around all day with absolutely nothing to do. Oh, come on. It, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. It, it can't be that bad. You want to know what my life is like? Okay. Well, since you asked, I get up at 6 a.m., stand around, pushing the broom all day, trying to look busy, wash a bunch of windows, take everyone's trash out, scrub some toilets, and then sleep until dinner. So, uh, how's the food? <laughs> oh, sounds terrible. No, no, not really. I'm just used to going out with you for some fast food. I guess I'm not eating as well. What are you looking at? Stupid guards. Always watching, waiting, staring so hard they're burning holes in me. There's nothing to do around this place at all. Well, let's see. Um, maybe we could play a game. All right. Uh, good. I brought some paper and a pencil. Maybe we can play that game where I think of a word and you try to guess what it is. And every time you're wrong, I draw a part of a stick man hanging from a noose until all your guesses are used up. Oh, what's the name of that game? Hangman? Oh, yeah, Hangman. Have you forgotten where you are? Not really. I just, You're in a uh, prison, you insensitive idiot. Hangman is certainly not a game I would consider appropriate given our surroundings. Well, I guess I wasn't thinking. I guess you weren't. Well, hey, I brought you a gift. A gift? Yeah, it's a book. I thought it might cheer you up. What's it called? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, no, that's all right. Keep it. I don't want it. I suppose it would be too much to ask for a book that wasn't prison-related. I can't believe you thought that would cheer me up. Well, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest wasn't set in a prison. It was set in a mental hospital. Oh, well, that's a lot more cheerful. More like Mary Poppins, huh? Uh, well, um, well, gee, maybe we can just talk then. About what? Well, I don't know. Uh, why don't you ask me about myself? Oh, well, there it is. It's always about Paul. Paul, Paul, Paul all the time. Well, I'm sick and tired of talking about Paul. Stop staring at me! Well, you're probably wondering, then, why I'm so happy. That comes to mind. Why yeah. are you happy? Well, I'm happy about the same things that you can, are happy about, and we could be happy together. Oh, that would be happy, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Go ahead. Go ahead and what? Go ahead and tell me what you're happy about. No. Okay, but I'm only sharing with you because I want you to be happy and to share in that, not because you've been so nice to me. Okay, so here it is. I'm happy because, because I found Jesus. You found Jesus? Yes. <laughs> Well, was he lost? No. Well, you were playing hide and seek? No. Well, I guess he was just misplaced then. No, don't be silly. See, here's what happened. I was sitting in my room one day, just contemplating life, and I started reading the Bible. Out of boredom at first, but then I really started to get interested. 
interested in the Bible? Well, wonders never cease. Yes. And I became convinced that Jesus was real. So I asked him to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins, and he did. So that's it then. Yes. That's why you're happy. Exactly. Well, that might work for you, but it certainly won't work for me. You have no idea what my life is like. I do. It's awful. Yeah, awful, depressing, yeah, mostly true. hopeless. Yeah, that too. So you come in here and tell me that you've become a Christian and that if I do too, all my troubles will be solved. Bill, the biggest lesson I've learned is to be happy and content with God exactly where I am. I'm happy with my life right now. I truly am. And I believe that you can be happy where you are too. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I, I, that's it. I can't stand it anymore. I've got to get out of this place. I've got to be free. Someone get me out of here. They keep staring at me. Make them stop staring at me. All I hear is the drone of my own voice, and, and my nostrils are filled with the, the, the stench of body odor. And, and just look at those windows, the bars on them. They're so depressing. All my life is, is about is, is pushing brooms and emptying trash and, and washing windows and scrubbing toilets. I, I can't stand it. Get me out of here. Please get me out of here. Why don't you just go home then? You wouldn't mind if I just left? Not at all. Well, I suppose I do need to get back. My janitor duties at my apartment complex are never done. I understand. And I do appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to come and see me. Hey, that's what friends are for. It's the least I could do. Well, come by any time. It's nice having a visitor for a change. All right, Paul, take it easy. Yeah, you take care, Bill. And thanks again for dropping by. Later. Well, guard, you can open the door now. I'm ready to go back to my cell. Poor Bill, he's really got it bad. Get out of my head. Stop staring at me. This skit illustrates for us that we all have choices in life, and we may not be able to determine what happens to us, but we can determine and choose how we will respond to what happens to us. This skit, it illustrates what it looks like to find yourself in what might seem like a hard and difficult time and to still see a silver lining, to still see a silver lining and to still be grateful, to be grateful for your relationship with Christ. Both this skit and our letter from Paul, they remind us that crummy things happen in life, but that we still have a choice as to how we respond to those events and that doesn't mean that we just slap a happy face on and we act like everything is fine. We can be sad. We can be unhappy. But we can also still be grateful. We can also still be thankful. We can have a whole mix of emotions going on within us. And we can still celebrate and give thanks to our Lord. 
As we are approaching the Thanksgiving season, we hear this idea a lot. In fact, November is typically referred to as Gratitude Month. And oftentimes on social media, you will see somebody post one thing that they're grateful for every single day through the month of November. And that's in an effort to see the silver lining in their life, to offer gratitude for the things that are going well in their life. It also helps to promote gratitude and thanksgiving in this world and in other people's lives. And with that in mind, I have a short clip that I want you to take a look at. So many times when we talk about Thanksgiving, we picture the perfect family sitting around the perfect meal, but that's not everyone's reality. And what's really important is not perfection, but thankfulness. So I'm here with Darren and uh, we are downtown and I'm curious, uh, Darren, how long have you been homeless? About four or five years. I have been on the street for probably about three months now. Okay, so this is really new for you then. So Sylvester, how long have you been uh, homeless or out on the streets, man? Uh, since July. So what was it that led you to being homeless since July? Uh, I lost my job. Well, I have was in drug addiction for years. Well, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in prison. Okay. So that took away a lot of my life. But Was other, it drug-related or? Basically drug-related pretty yeah. much, yeah. So, um, you know, I just... How many years you do? All in all, in and out, 16. Holy cow. What was your best Thanksgiving ever that you remember? Oh, man. Thanksgiving? Yeah. What's the best one? Uh, yeah, it was the year that uh, my daughter was born. Oh, wow. What's her name? Uh, Jennifer. Okay. Do you, how old is she now? Uh, 13. Do you see her at all? Um, yeah, every now and then no, I do. 89, because that's why my last father's Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Okay. So you got to spend Thanksgiving with him. Thanksgiving is... Uh, oh, no. That's when my grandmother was living. And she would say, everybody come. No matter, like Big Mama's house. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> my grandma was Big Mama. Big Mama, mama okay. And you bringing you and the kids and everybody coming on, we're going to eat and have, we're going to uh, fellowship with yeah. each other. And uh, and that was, I think that was, that what really taught me about Thanksgiving. It's it's tough, maybe you're not going to, Are you? do you think you'll see her at all this year? Yeah, I'm going home for this year to see her. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. So what are you thankful for this year? that I get to see her. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And look at that smile, man. You have such crazy joy just emanating from you. You're the perfect person to ask, what are you thankful for? I am thankful for my family and for my friends and that I do have a place to stay at in this ridiculous weather. Just the friends I have when I come to these, down here or under the bridge on Tuesday nights. What are you thankful for, Clarence? I'm thankful for my family and the Lord. You know, I, I have to learn to love the Lord. Is there anything, Randy, you know, we're coming up into Thanksgiving in that time where, you know, Thanksgiving and what people are thankful for looks a little different to everybody. Is there something that you're thankful for? Yeah, I'm thankful for waking up every day. What am I thankful for? Uh -huh. um, to be alive. I thank the Lord for all the blessings there and the mercy and the grace that he gives us. What's something, Jimmy, that this year you're thankful for? I'm alive and well. Haven't, you know, even though the streets has been hard, it hadn't, hadn't brought me down. I'm alive and still have hope. All of us will go through the ups and downs of life. We all experience our own set of trying circumstances. And the video that we just saw, it affirms that. It reminds us of the importance of looking past 
that negative situation that you're going through, the challenging circumstance ahead, and to focus on the good in life, the good in life that still exists and surrounds you. That video reminds us that we can be sad, we can be hurt, but we can also be grateful. We can face hardship and challenging situations, but we can still find something to be thankful for. Most of all, this video reminds us that no matter what we might be facing in life, God is always with us, offering his peace and consoling presence. Not too long ago, I read an article that someone had written about Thanksgiving, and the individual that wrote this article She had just lost a family member that was very important to her. It was a pillar of the family, the matriarch of the family. And as she reflected on what Thanksgiving would feel like as they gathered around their dinner table without that individual, this is what she wrote. She said, Thanksgiving Day serves as an annual reminder that we live with one foot in celebration and the other in lament. Our only prayer for peace is to own the sadness, to recognize the power that grinding sorrow has over our hearts, and then to throw the door wide open to the feast by acknowledging and even embracing lament and art that we've lost here in North America. Our celebration can be restored. Our feasting can be deeply sincere, even in a context of deep suffering or deep disappointment. It is a pretty profound statement by this author, one that makes a lot of sense. It speaks to the notion that we need to make room for our sorrow. We have to make room for our sadness and our brokenness. We can have one foot in our lament, but also one foot planted in our celebration. And really that image serves as a a beautiful metaphor for life. There are some pretty terrible things that happen in our own personal lives. There's terrible things that we see happen all throughout this world, and yet there are some pretty wonderful things that happen in our lives. And there's some pretty great things that happen in this world, and that's what helps us to keep at least one foot in our celebration. And I'll share just a a personal story with you. A couple months ago, I had a a close friend who passed away. And he was actually an individual who uh, was part of the nominating committee that called me to the very first church that I ever served at. And so I had grown to be very close to him and his family. And so from the point where he was diagnosed with cancer until the point that he passed away, it was three months. And it was quick. And so as I was trying to process his death and just grieving alongside of his wife and his uh, kids and grandkids, I would just try and push it out of my mind a little bit, right? We have to make it through our days sometimes. But it's one of those things that sits with you, and so it always drifts back up to the forefront of your mind from time to time. And so as I was walking into my house, this thought came to my mind, and I'm thinking of Mike and his passing and just thinking about his family. But I was, as, as I was walking into the house, I was carrying Hadley with me. I was carrying my toddler inside. And so I just held her close and I kissed her head and I thought, I'm just so glad that she's happy, that she's healthy, and that she's mine. 
we can have one foot in lament, and we can also have the other foot planted in thanksgiving. And that's the point that Paul was making in his letter to the Philippians. He was trying to help the Philippians to see that these two things can coexist, that we can be sad, we can be mad, we can be whatever is going on inside, and that's okay. We don't have to be happy all the time, but we also don't have to be consumed by our sadness, our anger, or whatever else is confronting us. And so let us heed Paul's wisdom then. Let us then in all things, whether good or bad, let us rejoice. And in that rejoicing, let us not dismiss our sorrow and our lament, but rather let us acknowledge that in our sorrow and in our lament, there is still space for rejoicing. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.